Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello, this is Sunday, the 27th of August, and I thank you very much for tuning in with us for Talk Cosmos panel, Kaleidoscope Visions. And our choice today will be choices and decisions. It's about the Venus retrograde and the lunar south node in Libra. And we have a transit reading included with this wonderful panel with our panel members. And it's about deeper values that we're aligning to our truer self, you could say, which is always a work in progress, to make those choices that are closer in alignment to our relationships. And the South Notice we will talk about in detail is the collective transiting node that represents what we're familiar with. And in this case, in Libra, it is about the other person in relationships. There's a lot of decisions and choices. So thank you once again, as Talk Cosmos has insightful conversations to awaken soul growth. And now we are ready for Kaleidoscope Visions. Learning about current transits and exploring soul growth cosmic conscious energies applied to natal transit chart readings provided from the audience. This is your Kaleidoscope Visions panel. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, founder of Talk Cosmos since 2018, collaborating weekly with guests where insightful conversations awaken consciousness for soul growth. I'm an eclectic modern evolutionary astrologer and consultant, a workshop facilitator and conference speaker, a Dwarf Planet University graduate, a certified color energy life coach. I'm the Washington State Astrological Association Lecture Moderator, a member of Kepler Astrologer Toastmaster Club. I hold an AA degree, Associate of Fine Arts Music degree, and Certificate of Fine Arts in Jazz. I'm a writer, artist, musician, an ardent ethologist, a student of esoteric philosophies and life. I'm Amanda Pierce a soul-centered astrologer, astrological consultant, and empowerment-based meditation teacher. I have a BA in psychology, I'm a wellness enthusiast with a passion for healthy eating, and I enjoy creating new realities and shifting old paradigms. And I am John Chenworth, an astrologer from Seattle, Washington. I grew up in southern Arizona and was so obsessed with mythology that I concretely imprinted the Greco-Roman pantheon into my psyche. I still see those gods and goddesses infused into everything around me. My experiences of working with developmentally disabled and resource students for many years as both teacher and mentor has given me a strong compassion for others and has seasoned me with an exceptional reconciling energy. I have more than 18 years experience reading natal charts and continue to enhance consulting techniques by attending workshops and conferences. I use a unique blend of evolutionary, archetypal, and traditional astrological methods to look for themes in the birth chart for us to explore. I also enjoy penning poems and exploring Washington State on road trips. And like the Sufi poet Rumi says, You are the entire ocean in a drop. Well, hello, Amanda. And hello, John. Hi. How are you doing? Lovely to be here with you this month. Well, it is. Once again, as the year is half progressing within its finality, 
and kaleidoscope visions. Let's get to these slides and we'll begin. So for the public audience, this is again how to contact Amanda and John and myself. And please subscribe. We're really happy to have you on the... Let's just get to the facts. Libra South Node, what is it? Its nodes are intersecting points. And if Amanda or John, you want to jump in, this is just a little graphic that was found because it's the two orbital paths of the sun and the moon crossing each other, yes? Exactly. That's what it is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, and so just to clarify- <laughs> So that full of answers. <laughs> yes, right, thank you. I know I was charging a lot. But the descending south node is the south node, and it's going to the southern ecliptic hemisphere. It's all right. astronomy. Some of us are more astronomical. That was our first bent. But anyway, it's important to know the sky is what it's all about. And that because it is descending, it's releasing, and it is a collective. It's 18 and a half years or month, it's 18 months that it lasts in a sign. Right. And so in Libra, it's about collaboration versus our independence, which is the polarity sign of Aries, is where we think about more of our self-directions rather than how this self integrates with somebody else, the Libra archetype. And the same time that the South Node changes sign, well, so does the North Node. As Libra went in, or uh, sorry, as the South Node went to Libra, the North Node went into Aries. So you have uh -huh. that polarity. They're Thank you. Each other out. Yeah. I beautiful detail. So here is Libra, the archetype that we're concerned about. Venus rules Libra, rules two signs, but Libra is one of them. And because it's in the South Node, it brings those lessons and wisdoms and baggage and strengths. Amanda, you want to? Yeah. So when I think of Libra, um, I think about balance mm -hmm. and when we've got the South node in Libra, we've got an, anytime, anytime you're looking at the South node, if there's an overabundance of energy there. Uh, and there's energy that kind of needs to be released and moved forward so that you can more fully embrace the North node. And so, so the North node, South node relationship is all about balance and Libra itself is even more about balance. So you'll see themes of balance coming mm -hmm. up in your life. Um, there may be issues around overgiving or over-identifying with the other person. Um, and so finding balance is about kind of being true to, to yourself so that you can have happy, healthy relationships. Indeed. And because Libra has a beautiful capacity to see every side of an issue, that gets pretty complex. It's not cut and dried where Aries is very instinctual and says, oh, this is a direction. I'm moving there without a thought. It's a, it's a spiritual, instinctual, whereas it's fire, whereas Libra is air, and it connects all these different facets. But it is that ability to really get to know and trust oneself to do what you really want to do. That's the mission, yes? Absolutely. These two nodes also talk about the balance between cooperation, Libra, and competition areas. And so when they're, when they're changing, or well, when they touch something, that theme can come up. It's how much 
do I want to do with the team or how much do I need to stand up for myself? And you might feel that inner tug of what I should do. And of course, your own charts will kind of may lead you towards what you need to do. So, and and one of the one of the pieces about Libra as well is that it can be so focused on relationships that sometimes yeah. it will overvalue the other and think that the other is kind of has the answers instead of like that really knowingness within that you have your own truth and beauty that is of equal value to the other. This so. is so so important, Amanda and John. Yes, because this brings to me the idea that Libra wants to complement what they're lacking. They understand the value of partnerships, but you're absolutely right. In doing so, they lose themselves, which is partly what Aries is a little scared about, losing themselves. So it's- Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, with this transit, when the nodes shifted into Aries Libra, Pluto is squaring those nodes. And so this is part of that energy of this whole nodal transit the entire time that the nodes are in Aries Libra. And so this is deep shadow work. Mm-hmm. And and when, when you're working with Pluto, you have one resolution node that kind of helps you shift that energy and helps you step into greater power within yourself. And in this case, that node is the South Node. So it's a really big piece to all of our, our collective journeys to kind of work through our stuff and, and all that kind of icky stuff that's that can kind of come up around relationships or, or whatever else in your life. And it's interesting to see it maybe in the collective, you might see it being played out. So it's like, Oh, is this an Aries thing going or a Libra thing going on? So you might see that out. Yeah. And that's part world, of the healing right? as well too. Sure. Like when we can recognize it out there in the world, mm-hmm. we can um, integrate it within ourselves. So it all kind of works together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And here we have a few dates. They are happening right now as of July, going in all through this coming year until just peaking into 2025. And here we have, it's every 18 and six months between cycles. It's very repetitive repetitive with Venus. So it was 2004, 1986, 1967, 1949, 1930, generally. But it's all about making choices and decisions, values, relationships, the whole nine yards. So I see mm-hmm. a negotiating of new times with most of those. Can we go back and look at those dates again? Really oh, okay. interesting. Like the late 60s, renegotiating like uh, civil rights and stuff like that. And then the 49 to 1950, the, end, the World War II had ended. It's like, what's this new world brand? Who's in charge? And the 1930s, it's like, here's the depression. Now, how do we balance that out? They're right at those points of where a new balancing was needed. It's very interesting. Yes. And you can look back at these cycles within your own life. Like, where were right. you between 2004, 2006? Exactly. <laughs> what, how were things in your relationships going? Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, what what were the themes in your life? And see, like, how those themes potentially show up again and where you're at with it on your journey. Oh, sorry about that. We're going in the wrong direction. Yes, Venus ruling the Libra archetype is that magnetic attraction to beauty. And when it's retrograde, has that ability, instead of just looking forward, it's looking back 
backwards and forwards, and this will continue until September 3rd. And of course, afterwards, there's a path because it is a three time, it goes over each degree, astrologically, three times. And I think with this quote, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So whatever you find beautiful is what you're attracting and coming into your life. Here's the chart. If you both want to discuss it, I'm going to try to contact our guest who hasn't yet checked in. So go ahead. I'm eager to hear you. Okay. So here we're looking at today's chart, it looks like. Well, there's some series with the South, South Node liking that. <laughs> Ceres being the the gardener goddess, so cultivating your sense of uh, how you use your south node, which should be well, relationships, cultivating relationships and taking care of them. And yes. Ceres has a right. lot to do with like deep loss as well. So oh, I always forget the loss had, thing. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Where have you had that deep <laughs> loss in your relationships? And, and is there a, a way for you to kind of let go of some of that grief that comes forward? So you can kind of bring in some of the good stuff in the North Node. And with the North Node, you notice that there's Chiron coming up that'll uh, go up against, I guess. Uh, that'll be really interesting to see too. So uh, more healing in that regard, especially the, the, the you and the relationship, the Aries side of it. Yeah. Yes. Um, and indeed. So one thing, Sue, if I can note is that we can see that um, that the sun has moved past Venus at this point. So when Venus conjuncts the sun during its retrograde period, it's uh, essentially invisible for a couple days. And this is when it kind of goes into the underworld. And in this case, it has switched from the evening star into the morning star. And so there's just a, a transformation happening here. And it's happening for all of us. And that it's like a new seeding period. That morning star is just like that energy of like, oh, I just want to go and like get things, go and like and a, make a change. Yes. And a bit more like the warrior because I know yeah. the Mayans felt love it. Oh, you both bring in such beautiful points. So this is the, the experience happening at this moment that we're looking at because now we're going to look at Far Farah's and it's like Farah Fawcett is how you say her name, and she is behind the scenes. Thankfully, we're clear to go. And Farah is a psychologist, a clinical psychologist doctor with a practice and lives in the UK and has given us permission to talk about her chart. And her natal chart is the 28th of March, 1982, at 1.30 p.m., in British Standard Time in Newcastle upon Tyne, is it Tyne or Teen? Tyne. Tyne, England. Okay. So being in Aries, Mars rules it. In, and but she has in her chart Saturn, the timekeeper, the 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 the, the disciplinarian that looks at what is essential squaring intention her actions how is she motivated between her personal past nodes which happens to be the south node in cancer no in in capricorn ruling capricorn which is the elimination focus for her and the north node in cancer which is more nurturing we're talking about right now 
series in not to confuse people, but that we're in that nurturing process, finding how to nurture ourselves. And her cancer, the moon is very nurturing like Ceres. They're compatible energies that way. And my mistake, just for people to recognize, because I'm going to have an operation on my eye, and I thought that was Libra, but her uh, Ferris, Venus is in Aquarius. It's not in her own sign. It's in an air sign, but it's Aquarius, quite different. It's more networking, like the group. Right. Venus, I think, really likes being in Aquarius. If there was ever a kind of a another exaltation for her, that would be one of it because, well, she's kind of a people planet, right? She likes the yes. social aspect. And you can love, Aquarius. love the interactions, so, need those connections. It's a good placement, mm-hmm. right? And Venus is in the seventh house. It's and, well, and that's the house that Venus would most likely yes, want to be first very in. natural, and the second one as well. A natural psychologist, I would say, very yeah, intuitive with people. absolutely, and especially that Aquarian energy has an ability to, to detach and to really right. be there for people in their trauma because the Venus in Aquarius con- combination often does signify trauma, and so here she is working with um, patients that are in need and able to kind of bring that objectivity to it in a one-on-one setting, which is the seventh house. So the question really remains, I think, with Saturn, because Saturn is ruled by the Venus. It's in Libra. And Saturn is ruling the south node. No, yes, no. Yes. Oh, my goodness, Sue. Talk about (laughs) Is that very Libran? Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Make a decision. Yeah, I know. Can we do it? I think it looks like Venus is ruling Mars, Pallas, Saturn, and Pluto. So she has that chunk of planets. No, no, no. We're talking about Saturn. Oh, sorry. But you're right. No, you're right. My bad. No, no, no. Mars is very... jumping ahead. But it's all together. You're right. Mars and Saturn. So her direction of how to focus what's essential is all merged. But the, tr- the, the, the challenge in this personal uh, spiritual uh, need for, for growth is to release the conditioning. Saturn is conditioning. It's through time-held conditions. It could be cultural. It could be familiar. Very likely connected with the father and emphasis or whoever raised her it's in the fourth house it's your home it's your personal conditioning to liberate you to be the direction of 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 of, of, right because yeah and the north node and here we see mars palace saturn pluto all in libra all retrograde all square the nodes so there's Mm -hmm. this huge focus in this lifetime where fair is going to be in these situations where she's going to need to figure out how to use diplomacy and how to really kind of find that balance to be in correct partnership with others. And so I imagine that fair has had a lot of experience doing this and ha- is quite powerful in those, those areas. And all the retrogrades, I think of retrogrades, the planets going within and doing deep inner work. And with Pluto there with Saturn, Pluto working on shadow, it's just a lot of deep inner work. And it, it just repeats itself in that signature. And being You're square right. the nodes, in the, in, uh, being yes. square the nodes like, uh, in this lifetime, this is something you want to work on. 
And it seems like perhaps, therefore, as psychologists do, they like astrology are working out their own self through using their own life. And in the fourth house, there were probably some hmm. quite a few challenges that give her the energy, but yet it's very diplomatic. I think, as we know, whether it's Saturn or Mars in in Libra are the strategists. They they're the generals. A patent had, I think, his Saturn in one of those energies. Pardon me for forgetting. That was a USA general. World that's War a II. really great word. Strategy, strategist. That's a yes. big key word for Pallas, which is but right between Saturn Mars. It takes a lot of personal ability so for Aries to learn how to be the patients or how to get the tools in life to channel those personal we're all human you know we want things when we want things and it, it that Libra energy is negotiating so many things it's very and, challenging. Well, and Sue, you mentioned that um that we often kind of work through our stuff through our professions or jobs or, you know, whatever we do in the world. And here, if you look at Pluto, um, if you're standing straight at the chart, looking from Pluto's vantage point, you look to the left to see which node is the node that is the resolution node. And here yes. it's the North node in the 12th house and the 12th house does relate to psychology. So she's really like working through it. She's doing her work. And I love also that the ruler of her North node is the moon and she's got the moon and Taurus in the 10th house conjunct Chiron. And so it's, it's dealing with, um, you know, core wounding that others have. And there's just this really deep emotional desire to help and to help others heal. And so she does have that healing quality and it's just beautiful to kind of see it play out here. We it have the is. asteroid um, Hygieia almost conjunct the North Node. So there's another telling thing about working yes, health. healing. And I, I'm feeling that because that ruler, the moon, which is nurturing and the public, and it's in the 10th house, that, and realizing that the Venus ruling that, it, it all synergetically is going that having a group might be a professional group that she creates or is she's a part of very importantly provides that avenue for her let's look at a few other charts because we have a few minutes because in recently which is so often the case when people reach out to get another perspective there's dynamic aspects happening in their charts well for farah it is Jupiter, the, the, whatever expands and is our belief systems and makes things bigger, is having three oppositions occurring in her chart, meaning she's really looking, analyzing, or, or approaching that. And one happened in June, one's going to happen in November, and then the third will be in February. So it's a direct look on in June, and then it's a retrograde. We're going to look at the retrograde in November. And then it'll, so there's time. It's a whole process, but it's like a lot of philosophy, a lot of adjustments with belief structures going on for her. And besides that, Mars that rules her chart, 
she's having a, a return, which happens only every two years. And it's in Libra, so it's ruled by Venus. So it's really a synergetic action and and it's a hands-on situation. She probably needs some hands-on situation to help her navigate this. But that's happening, I think, in September. So let's look at the chart. Here we have, and I don't think we have a lot of time, but Farah's, uh, this is happening in September, which is the second time. And it's a bi-wheel, so her chart's in the middle and the event's happening on the outside. And you can see the big point is if we're talking about Mars, it's down here in the third house and 11 degrees Libra. And then we can see that um, Pluto is, oh, con uh, interestingly, at that same time, there's a little, there's quite a bit of release happening because the nodes that are transiting are connecting with her transformational planet Pluto that we talked about. So how she what she needs to transform is be releasing something. And it is a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. Yeah, it's big energy. And and with that Mars return, Mars rules her midheaven. So I imagine there are some career issues up or, you know, anything kind of 10th house, how she's seen in the world. So um and how she uses her energy and directs her energy. And Mars in Libra, it's Mars is not super happy always in Libra because it's not <laughs> able to be direct in the way that it wants to be. And then in addition to that, Mars is retrograde. So she has to find these ways to kind of assert herself in, in kind of a non-traditional manner. So mm -hmm. this is kind of a reset point for her where she's, She's Mars is coming back to the natal point in her chart and she gets to kind of reevaluate where she's going with that and how she's going to move forward. And um, it's kind of a breath of fresh air to, to get things moving. Yes. And there's a lot of emphasis also that Jupiter is well, because Venus, I mean, Mars and Venus, once again, are totally involved and, rules also the Jupiter. Let's go to the next one. We might have just a quick time to connect on this because I'm sure Farah has quite a bit to talk to us about and we'll have a little bit understanding. So this Jupiter opposition, the second one is coming after this. It'll be in November 16th. And again, it's about the fourth and the tenth houses. Her uh, Natalie is in the fourth, but again, as you pointed out, it'll be in the 10th house of career, how she associates herself in, in the public eye. And I believe she made a change in June, just prior to its first opposition. So she can tell us about that. Uh, Jupiter going to the 10th house can often mean expanding business in some way and having an, mm. being keyed into that and thinking about that for those opportunities, right? And I'm noticing that at this exact time, Venus and Mars that we've been talking about are very close in conjunction. They're within three minutes, but Venus will catch up to Mars, I think. And so that energy is she's going to be connecting. In other words, whatever has been transpiring and, and giving perhaps angst, trying to go forward and meanwhile, figuring everything out that's coming at her 
releasing and, and adjusting to factors will perhaps connect, merge. Yes. Absolutely. And Jupiter's coming up on her moon uh, Chiron conjunction. I don't think it's, it hasn't hit yet, I believe. Um, yeah, because right now today, Jupiter's at 15, Taurus. Um, so there's, Jupiter always brings growth. And it can bring, it can bring like beautiful um, gifts. But it's also a sign that you've got to, you've got to be able to let go of, of stuff that isn't fitting in order for new stuff to come in. Uh, and so that fits really well with the South node conjuncting her Pluto. Um, there's got to be some release there and her Jupiter's also in the fourth house. So, you know, it's going to, it's going to be touching into that piece as well. This is her foundation, the fourth house. And it's, it's kind of what everything is built on. It's your rooting. And so where is that? Um, where do things need to be released in that area? She's quite an achiever. We know this. Just the energies at 41, she has a great deal of achievement, which would make sense with that activating Mars and Saturn there steering the course, choosing to be deliberate and make some actions. Well, unless we have something more, we have time here where we'll take our half hour break and then we'll We'll invite Farah to join us. Yes? Sounds good. Okay. Thank you. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Virgo. By leaving a cycle based on the creative manifested legacy of our highest creative form, the energy of Virgo completes the last sign below the horizon of the self and requires discernment to perfect oneself through the mental process of critical analysis. As a mutable earth sign duly ruled by Mercury, Virgo refines heals, or fixes through daily routines, developing skills and services to control nature's chaos and maximize efficiency. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to NewProSupplements.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, September 3rd, it's Shelter Rescue Sanctuary and anything that helps our Animal Friends Sunday. We'll check in with our regulars, Meow Cat Rescue in Kirkland, Help Animals India, and Seattle Dogs Homeless Program. Plus, we'll check in with the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga and find out about all the great classes and events coming up there this month. Hope you can join us for Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. 
While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. Again, and this is Talk Cosmos Kaleidoscope Visions, our Virgo panel with choices and decisions as we work with Venus ruling in retrograde, ruling the south node of Libra. And I have with me Amanda Pierce of Amanda Moon Astrology at gmail.com to connect with her and John Chinworth of skypathastro.com. And I'm Sue Rose Minahan, founder of Talk Cosmos. So we return and we're going to bring our guest for a transit reading on. And let's see, I guess we have the right one. Hi, Farah, how are you? Hello, hello, Sue, and hello, Amanda and John. I'm well, thank you. Oh, good. It sounds so great to hear you speak and, to, and we finally connect. Could you give us some feedback and if you have any questions that you would like to present or and, and we can move between the charts? Yes, of course, yes. I was taking some brief notes actually while I was listening to the three of you. Um, I have to say um, firstly that I feel very honored to have this opportunity. Um, I've always been interested in astrology and um, I just have a very basic kind of understanding um, I think some of the things that you, each three of you have mentioned really resonate with me. And um, I felt myself having quite a reaction, actually, on an emotional level. Um, and I'm somebody who, who likes to be very in control of my feelings. <laughs> I'm sure the three of you can see that perhaps from my chart. Um, and the reason I think I was having a reaction was because... Um, what a lot of what you've said is very very validating so i thank the three of you a, a lot for that um the first place i want to start if it's okay is the 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 one aspect was i think sue perhaps had said this if i'm not mistaken um i think sue you mentioned about my father and correlating with saturn in my yes. fourth house i believe and I think it's with, because Saturn's in Libra, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. So um, that resonates with me because um, I have a negative father complex. It's not very severe. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, I don't believe it's like quite, you know, it's not, a, it's not severe, but I definitely had issues in terms of the, the kind of father archetype and what my, you know, my earth father means and identifying with my personal father issues quite a lot to do with control so i'd, I'd like perhaps um because john had mentioned at some point something to do with pluto and i might have missed it but in terms of pluto and the deep work that i'm actually engaging in so i think the father complex stands out a lot and then the second um the second element that really stood out to me was what Amanda mentioned. Um, I think, Amanda, you said something to do with that. You said that I've needed to face perhaps quite a few situations in my life 
where yeah with this tug and war between right you know i really love this person and i want this person to be happy and content but uh, what about my needs what about my inner self and i i think i i, I would like your insights and further expertise on this but i feel like i've struggled with this since i was a little girl of course my inner child where i've needed to kind of maintain harmony in my domestic kind of um you know household that i was raised in um yeah thank you farah thank you so much thank you for being here and also being patient i know that we adjusted your scheduled date many times but it this is i'm bringing this up because planning life it, there's like another partnership of life itself and there's a synchronicity that happens whether we call it through spiritual whatever but there is an extra because this is perfect timing to to focus on these and i'm yes the emotional uh, basis of is very important it's the emotions are how we guide our life. I know that as a cerebral, air-motivated energy, that seems hard. It seems like uh, um, in contrast because Libra energy in itself wants to think about, well, why am I feeling this way and why am I feeling that way and rationalizing it to the point that one understands a great deal, but yet bypasses how they're actually feeling, which they really know if they were to center on. My point before I, Amanda and John um, come continue after what I've said is, is that the, I, to, to focus on allowing feelings, because that is the North Node moon, it's a, a process, is critical. And also to find a, unless you have a personal meditative practice, even for five minutes, to focus within that quiets the rest of the world because through that, one builds, and you have transiting Pluto right in your sixth house of routine, of health, you know, and, and it's also in opposition, it will be. Well, never mind about that. But the point is, is that it's that will direct you with your inner answers and be able to get that perspective because it is, I recognize, yes, the, you have Saturn, which many people do in retrograde and with Pluto there, is very dominant. So it provided an early structure, but it's how you are going to liberate and how you are going to decondition and find your own standards and values. Amanda and John? Um, I was wanted to mention about having Pluto in the fourth house and evolutionary astrology. Um, often uh, Pluto fourth house people have uh, just a really odd upbringing and the families are, it's, it's hard to be in there and it's maybe even be hard to be accepted. And so Pluto fourth house people have to find their own tribes so they go out in the world and they, they find an, an, a different kind of family that maybe understands them better. Um, 
uh, some astrologers use the polarity points of Pluto. So that would be in 26, or sorry, yeah, 26 Aries, which is near that north node, which is striving to, to go out there and be a bit of a fighter for what you need and using your, your all that Libra so you're not like like marching all over everybody, but doing in a more negotiating way. Am I making any sense? I feel like I'm stumbling over my words here. <laughs> um, I also wanted to say, uh, the, uh, so uh, if Saturn is like um, uh, like a traditional earthy kind of father disciplinarian type in your fourth house with all those planets, um, there's a spiritual father, the sun. You can also look to the sun and what's happening with that to find a more celestial father and maybe like a guiding light kind of father, if that makes any sense. Oh, John, I'm going to just support that saying. That is so close to, and I know this is astrological talk, but it's in the ninth house of philosophy. So there could be a philosophical uh, leader uh, or a way, whether it's some kind of faith or whatever that's your own of guidance. And the the sun is exalted in Aries. So it's like saying, look at me, here I am in the springtime. Or even just like expanding your mind and your belief systems and, you know, like just Mm -hmm. doing astrology or or looking to astrology is one way to do that. So kind of expanding through that is a beautiful thing as well. Um, Finding that tribe that supports you. You know, astrology, go ahead, go ahead. So what I wanted to say about Ferris chart as well is that with that north node in cancer south node in capricorn this is a lifetime about working through those family dynamics and with the that mars palace saturn pluto um stellium right there squaring those nodes this is how you're working through it so all of those experiences that have been that have come up where it's really uncomfortable and kind of um not necessarily it doesn't feel like there's a win-win situation uh, this is working through those dynamics. Um, and I wanted to also mention that, Sue, I I, I think you're right on with the, the air aspect. There's so much air in this chart, all of that Libra and then that Venus in Aquarius. And the ruler of the North Node is the moon in Taurus. And that is an earth sign. And Taurus, We're losing you, Amanda, I think, or am I losing? I think we lost Amanda. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, now, go ahead. Okay. If, if you just re- regroup what you said about okay, the moon so, grounding Earth. Yeah, yeah, the moon in Taurus. Taurus is all about uh, embodiment. And so doing somatic work mm. around like being more in your body. I'm an Aquarius moon. I totally understand that, um, that piece where you just want to go to your head for everything. Oh, art, art, art. I was thinking Aries. Farah, are you an artist? Do you have that inclination to paint or some kind of body work? Or? Um, Let's get well, some feedback. Yeah, of course. Uh, this is to, It's really interesting to, to hear all of your thoughts. Do you know, I, I think as an art in the classic sense, when I, was, when I was little, so when I was like younger, about seven to eight, roughly then I would enjoy actually doing quite a lot of drawings but I lost that part of myself through various kind of you know difficulties I went through during my childhood and I feel like I haven't fully reclaimed it back 
I don't consider myself to be a classic artist in terms of drawing, but I do do a lot of body and breath work. So I do yoga every day in the morning. That's my daily ritual. And I never, ever um, miss a day, even over the weekends or, you know, um, and I do walking every day. So I'm very physically active. I walk every day as well. Um, so I, th I think art, I don't do classic art, but I do like words. I'm drawn to words and creating, um, you know, creating kind of through, through words. Do you have a question? I have lots of questions in my mind, but I thought I'd turn it to yourself. Do you have a question that you're making, trying to make a decision about or a choice with your career that, I mean, I'm yes. just wondering. Mm -hmm. Yes, no, no, Sue, you're right. And I think you're, you're referencing back to when you said about June, when you mentioned that something happened in yes. June. You're very right. So I had a major life transition again, yet again. So this is the second time I've migrated back to, um, is it migration? No, it's not. I think when you come back to your home country, um, so I kind of moved abroad about eight years ago, and I've just relocated in June, actually, the month of June. Oh, back um, to England. Back to England, yes. Back to my hometown here in England. And um, it's it's meant that I've had to leave my work identity in the country I was living in. And it's a huge shift because I'm still looking for the, the employment that I want that fits with my specialism and fits with my expertise. I still haven't found anything, but I'm hopeful that it'll come when it's ready to come, when the universe wants it to come. Do, do you work, I mean, being a clinical psychologist, do you work with online or do you work one-to-one -one with people at a yeah. clinic? Yes, yes. So I'm practicing from home and they're all online sessions. When I was when I was abroad, um, I did a lot of group work, group work, group training with students. But a lot of my work has been one to one, which which actually matches what Amanda said earlier on about when she was commenting uh, really well about my um, Aquarius uh, being in the Venus in Aquarius is in my seventh house, and I actually didn't know that the seventh house is is equated to one on one relationships. I didn't know that. So that was useful. Yes, and interestingly, with that interest in Aquarius, of course, astrology is, would be a natural interest that happens to be one that astrologers feel Aquarius is aligned with as an interest, but also with groups and networking somehow. I'm wondering, if you like to write, are you do you write in a blog or do you write articles or is there some way that you could do marketing to attract i'm just trying to figure this out how to branch ahead yes i think that these are good learning points for me as you're saying this because i'm I, i'm quite a uh, well i'm kind of um quite introverted and i'm going through a bit of a hermit stage right now i've i've published two articles in academic journals while I was doing my assistant professorship abroad but apart from that I'm not I, I'm, I'm kind of struggling with finding an avenue where I can actually voice myself through the written word well oh, looking see, at, no, oh sorry go ahead looking at your midheaven in Aries I like that you're having a Mars return now because it's kind of a new phase 
for your um, for your career because Mars rules your midheaven. So that Mars coming back is bringing a lot of energy to the career. Um, so that's happening now-ish. And then as well, Jupiter will be conjunct your moon in April. And so that's that's really positive. In April? Well. Wait a minute. In April, I think. No, in September, you're talking about. Right. The, this September? particular chart is September 14th. This by will. Okay. Maybe yeah, I'm that's right. okay. Because it's little and we're talking about many time frames. But what Amanda's bringing up is going back to this Mars return so that all... You know, Aquarius is also an intuitive. There's a, a great depth of in, intuition. I mean, with you must have that that helps direct you know your choices and meaning that ahead of the okay you're in with jupiter it's it's going to be between now and february has been since june refocusing on it's a work in progress about attitudes and philosophies and and bringing in more information right to build a new a growth of direction, as we've been saying. But this Mars, I'm thinking if you could start perhaps drawing or trying something new that has to do with your hands, something to help uh, process some of your ideas. The answer might be found with Neptune going through the ninth house. Um, have you thought about doing spiritual writing of any kind? It might be a, a way to do that. And Neptune's kind of close to Mercury as well. And also I wanted to mention, this is kind of exciting. Um, uh, Pluto will go back into Aquarius. Uh, I think it's in November next year. And at zero Aquarius, you have- No, it's, it's uh, January, January 11th. Oh, thank you. Okay. I think, yeah. Even it, it sooner. Goes back, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I didn't look front of back. Sorry. Anyway, so Pluto okay. going into Aquarius. Aquarius to be right on top of your Vesta. Vesta is like your like uh, what keeps you going, your sacred fire, the battery that makes you run. It's an Aquarius. So look for that Pluto being like an empowerment or a power coming into Aquarius. And maybe at that time, you'll you'll find that Aquarian outlet that you need. Well, here Does we are going, jumping to the third time. And this is ahead, but hey, let's go there. When Jupiter is making his third opposition, happens to be what in astrology we call a T-square. It's a little wide, but the energies do connect. For evolutionary terms, we're all evolutionary. Astrologers here, we look at other areas. But the point being that in this opposition of Jupiter for the third time at the same degree going up, and it's in Scorpio, which is how you exchange resources. And it it's very, it's it's merged relationships and deep, looking under, psychological. And the transiting one is on your survival of how you, in, in the, which is the opposition that you're merging. Another, okay, but the tension point will be Mars and Pluto at the same degree, at zero degrees Aquarius. So what John is saying, and it's actually conjunct your internal hearth of your values in your sixth house. So it's I see this as very liberating. It could be liberating perhaps through, it can have a byproduct of trauma in the sense of separating from something. 
but it's going towards a closer unity with your own internal guidelines. Amanda, any thoughts? Well, I just wanted to, to note, I just double checked on the, the Jupiter piece and Jupiter goes retrograde September 4th. And so then it's going, it doesn't quite hit her moon. It doesn't quite get to 18. It's going to retrograde and then it comes back in an April. It will hit her moon. Mm. But then also just to note, Uranus is right there on your moon and Chiron. So this is a big shift in where you are going in this, just this lifetime in, in, in total. So this is a... New things could come in. Yes, unexpected. Totally right? new things could come in. Um, just be as you know receptive to the flow and the shifts and changes that are going to happen because they're here to um, eventually get you you know on your soul's yeah, path. And I think where you want to go. Here, understanding that if you are moving from what we're saying, the South Node. And it's not moving, but integrating more of that emotionality and uh, process-oriented North Node in Cancer that's nurturing your own self. And it, 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 okay, get my thoughts here together, that, uh, oh boy, I, I lost my connection there. But it is, a, it is emphasis, okay, that it is a process. That's my point that the answer won't be one, but it's like stepping stones. It's like skipping stones on the water. Boink, 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 boink. I do, and, I, I do also like that Juno is trining that moon Chiron. Juno in Virgo, um, down in the second house. So, alliances. Juno of our alliances, yes. Yes, in partnership. It's also a partnership and it's, it's contracts. So there could be a business partner that comes in now um, or, you know, any type of helpers that, that show up for you, be open to that. Um, they may be guiding you towards where you want to go. Do you have, we have about two minutes and I will say to our audience, thank you very much for joining us. Next week we have Stormy Grace joining us with Planet Buzz and more about Venus, but squaring Uranus because that's what we're all doing is trying to liberate our values and that's what you're doing too, is liberating yourself, taking the good, but taking what's been excessive out of proportion with direction and it's a process. Do you have any last thoughts that we want to? Yeah. Uh, yes, I do. Um, you, all of your comments um, have really clarified a lot. Um, and I'm just going back to what John was suggesting um, about the um, any spiritual writing. The only writing that I do creatively is um, creating affirmations from my dream journal. Oh, very so nice. that's, that's good use of that energy with Neptune. Yes, I think anything that directs you to your own self and your emotional uh, groundedness is going to be the lead that you'll integrate to go through. So you've achieved a great deal, and we thank you so very much for joining us. Thank you. It's been a real you. honor. Thank you, Vera. I wish, wish you the best. Yes, indeed. I know you'll. Well, hi, John and Amanda. It's because of you we do this. It's really, each time I do it, I think, oh, my goodness, it's such a beautiful re 
focus to get grounded how life is operating through all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Always a pleasure to join you too. And mm. um, look forward to it next time. Yes. Thank you. Aloha to everybody. Take care and our love. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. Thank you.